Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode one of our fantasy podcast, which we will be doing throughout the 2018 season. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. We are so close to baseball, I can taste it. I mean, we've been held over with spring training, but no more. I'm ready to get this underway. Thursday is opening day, if you didn't already know. Um, you should definitely skip school and work and just dedicate your whole day to watching baseball if that's not already in the cards for you. We're on spring break, so we'll have no problem taking in the first weekend of Major League action. Yep. Yep, and tending to our fantasy baseball teams in the process. But yeah, we are here to talk about fantasy baseball, of course. Um, we did this last year. It's going to be more or less the same type of thing, a weekly podcast. Normally, will be released on Thursday or Friday, uh, close to the weekend. You know, when you have your full slate of games, you can make all your roster changes. And yeah, I, th- I think that's the best time uh, to get this out to you. So um, normally, most weeks, be on the lookout for this podcast on Thursday, but not this week. For right now, we are going to basically talk about everything that you need to know <laughs> before the regular season. I know that's a very ambitious goal of ours, but that is that is the goal. Um, before we get into it here, I would like to remind all of you that we would very much like to answer all of your questions, your fantasy baseball questions on this podcast, because that is what we want to do. We want to help you guys win your leagues, build the best teams possible. So ask us those questions on Twitter or Facebook at beat the shift bp that's the best place to reach us you can also email us uh, beat the shift baseball at gmail.com if that's uh, the way you roll but yeah that is a great way to get your questions to us and we'd love to get as many as possible and you know if we get a lot of questions and we'll just spend the whole time answering questions i think that's the best way to go about it and i will also mention that on our website which is beat the shift baseball.com we have a new fantasy tab which has uh, top 300 rankings for standard ESPN Roto leagues. I will be adding more fantasy baseball content, different rankings for different formats, possibly um, as the season goes on. So we have a new fantasy tab on our website. Make sure you check that out, uh, especially if you haven't drafted yet and you need some help deciding who to draft. Don't use ESPN's stuff. They're garbage, right? I, I don't look at that ever, except that's... I do, but <laughs> you can use ours <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. I'm not... I, I wrote the rankings myself. I'm not 100% happy with them. Uh, obviously, things change super quick during spring training, and it's not completely up to date, but I'm trying to append things as we as we move along here and throughout the season. So I'll try to keep up with that as best I can, but don't yell at me if things are outrageously wrong and people are injured. Um, yeah, those are the announcements that I had to make about our fantasy baseball stuff. How many times have I said fantasy baseball? Do you have the counter running on me for that? Uh, because... I don't, but okay. it's more than three. Okay, so we'll keep we'll, we'll start the counter at like five, let's say, and hopefully we don't say uh, those words too many more times because that can get old real quick. Fantasy baseball. Six. I, I think that's six. <laughs> um, let's get to some news about, yes, fantasy baseball in particular. And this 
news is, you know, kind of, you know, oh, cool, cool story type of news just from a major league baseball perspective, and that Scott Kingery will be starting the year on the Philadelphia Phillies roster, and he has enjoyed a nice six-year extension with the club, which basically buys out all his years of team control plus a couple extras, and I think there's some team options in there as well, um, as like all the way out to like 2025. So he has, you know, obviously he's one of the more exciting prospects in baseball period, but in terms of fantasy, he is definitely looking like he's going to be a monster with the types of stolen base numbers and power numbers and just everything all around. It's the kind of player you want. So what I don't want to get too carried away with Kingery. It would be very easy to at this point. You know, you see the news and you say, oh, this guy is going to start the year with the Phillies. He's immediately going to be one of the five best second basemen in baseball. And I'm not saying that he can't do that, but give us a little better understanding of where we should be evaluating Kingery at. Um, I think... Kingery holds a lot more value in keeper leagues um, because you can he's he's locked up with the Phillies, a team that's uh, on the upswing right now. So I think if you you can definitely be a steal in a keeper league, especially especially after that contract. But in terms of this year, um, like I said, don't jump, don't say okay, he's signed through this year and all of a sudden he's going to be great this year. Uh, go with a bread and butter second baseman um, before before Kingery. Uh, so yeah, keeper leagues more value, but wait and see. May, try again to 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 find a stride um, this year before before you jump the shark and draft him in like the fifth round. Yeah, and I'm gonna kind of use this as a jumping off point to talk about another rookie who is expected to make a huge splash in the fantasy landscape and just in baseball in general. He's the most hyped man on the planet. It's Ronald Acuna. So he is going to start the year in the minor leagues, but we basically know for sure that he will be up in two weeks after the, I think it's like April 13th date for that extra year of team control for the Braves, so they will bring him up after then. Um, You basically miss no production from him, and he is, you know, supposed to be the next Mike Trout. Hallelujah. But, you know, there's, um, (laughs) there's a lot to like about Kingery. He... Last year in the minor leagues, if I am looking at these numbers correctly, stole 29 bases um, and hit 26 homers, which, you know, is really good. That's really balanced. He hit 300, basically. I don't... There's nothing that I don't like about this guy, and he held his own in spring training, did a lot of the same things, and I, I he's majorly ready. So yeah. we're, temp- we're tempering our expectations with him maybe too much if we're giving Ronald Acuna the, the praise of a top, or top 100 player right out the gates. We're kind of lumping him into that Chris Bryant range of his rookie year where we just knew that once he came up, he's going to be great. And that's a fair expectation. Uh I I believe anyway, just considering what we've seen. But I think Kingery can be lumped right in there too. If you really want to be bold and aggressive and you haven't drafted yet, knowing this news that he's going to start with the club, 
I you could be aggressive and take him in the first fifteen rounds. You know, I I don't I don't think that would be a problem. The only thing is, Cesar Hernandez is a really good second baseman for yeah. the Phillies, and playing time might be an issue. But I am convinced that the Phillies would not bring up Kingery and give him this extent this type of extension without you know knowing that he is ready to take his place on this team and yeah i i i'd be more concerned if you have already drafted or invested or, or thinking of drafting these hernandez because mm-hmm. it seems like the feelings are all in on king Gree, and that's not good news for hernandez owners whether or not uh they might i, I don't know what they would do to cesar hernandez if they make him more of a, of a utility man but uh yeah so kind of mm-hmm. it's it kind of sucks for cesar hernandez owners because it's a before this, it was like, okay, that makes sense. Good, solid second baseman. But now, uh, playing time, I think, is a big issue. Yeah. Well, J.P. Crawford is going to play shortstop, it seems. And mm-hmm. Michael Franco, the third baseman, frankly, is the player that I'm most concerned about in terms of how short a leash he has. Because Cesar Hernandez is a good player. I think he will play on a regular basis. Maybe, like you said, in more of a utility capacity. It's a really crowded but really interesting team now um you know through the infield the outfield has a lot of depth obviously too um so the phillies are probably the most you know variable team in terms of their position players because i want the guys that they have on their roster but not if their playing time is going to be cut in half for whatever reason um you know cesar hernandez is a guy that really should be drafted in every league at you know at a normal 10 or 12 team size so i don't know we yeah. this is where we and, have to wait and, and see this is yeah and just kind of side note on that on just the fillers in general it's hard to really kind of commit because like they have good outfielders like you can like um uh, hoskins will split time but hoskins uh, will play outfield all the time i think with carlos Santana. all the time with carlos Santana. oh well that, that's right carlos and but they have all there nick williams odabel herrera uh do they have one more uh, they have there? they have other options. That, they have other options, have, but that but is that's a, four guys. That's <laughs> four four guys for three spots. So it's a crowded outfield, and see how they shuffle that. So just keep that in mind if you're looking at Philly's uh, Philadelphia outfielders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to some other news here now. Um, Madison Bumgarner. For all you Mad Bum owners, do not get too angry just at the the sound of his name. But if you haven't already heard, he is going to be missing a lot of time. He broke his hand after getting hit by a comebacker, uh, hit by Whit Merrifield, I believe, who is yep. also a very good fantasy player. But that is beside the point. Madison Bumgarner is going to miss at least a couple months. And I would not be surprised if he is out all the way to the All-Star break, just considering rehab time um, for an injury to his pitching hand. That's pretty serious. You know, yeah, and it looked like to me, um, the way that he, it was almost like when uh, like guys get hit on the wrist, um, batting. The way he kind mm-hmm. of is the kind of the outside of the hand, almost like that hammock boat injury, but I don't think that's what it is. So that's a really difficult um, injury to bounce back from, and then I don't, th- I don't think the mm-hmm. Giants want to rush uh, Bumgarner back with a pitching hand injury. Yeah, and it, it, we're talking maybe over a month before he can even grip a baseball. You know, it could be longer. We have no way of knowing exactly 
you know how long that's going to take obviously he has to be a dl stash for your team unless you have somebody better on the dl i don't think that's the case right now i don't think there is anybody that you should be stashing over him uh, if you only have one dl slot in your league but he needs to stay on your dl that limits you know everything (laughs) so uh, just keep that in mind too uh, and the Giants just cannot catch a break. They well, also... <laughs> at, at least at least it wasn't a dirt bike. At least it was baseball related this year. I guess if, <laughs> if there's a silver lining, but it's an injury to his pitching hand. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's it's not it's it's not it's not good. But I mean, this dude it... tried to wave off the trainers when they came out to get him, and he had his and his hand was fractured. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I I don't know how much more of this Bumgarner getting injured stuff we have to deal with before we take away his workhorse status Um, because it's not his fault he's a tough guy it's not to say he's not because I would never say something like that especially if I was face to face with the man Um, but you know that's something to consider obviously these are both freak accidents that that, that's 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 the thing about too there there are two accidents they're not a nagging injury that's like okay is he starting to decline no these are just two but injuries do take take a toll like they linger yeah. they cause other problems like there's things that flutter and hang around so um yeah poor Bumgarner, poor giants they also will be without jeff samarja for i believe also close to a month he has a strained pectoral muscle so yep. they are without two of their best three pitchers and the one pitcher left was injured all of last year pretty much and that's johnny Cueto. <laughs> so um even your bs again is there anything left in the tank when you look at the giants rotation i can maybe tell you that there's chris stratton and ty block and then i can't tell you anything else i <laughs> yeah no the, the the even your magic ended when they didn't win the world series in 2016 but uh yeah it's it giants aren't in a good situation uh they were kind of looking we were thinking that they maybe had a better chance with the McCutcheon and Longoria deals, but now they've lost two of their top three starters and uh, it, from an already inconsistent rotation. So it's not uh, not looking too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, in that same division, the Dodgers are, you know, trying to keep pace with the number of guys that the Giants are losing, and they will not have Justin Turner for least a month right possibly probably longer because he got hit yeah. in the wrist is it a wrist injury or is it a hand uh, injury? it is a broken left wrist no surgery yeah. though um so so that's a that's a good that's good news so he, he'll he be back before the all-star break um i'm hearing uh from like twitter and stuff like that uh uh mid to late may possibly even even into june um for turner mm-hmm. uh he's certainly a uh draft and stash uh guy when he for when he comes back because i assume he's still gonna mash and like i said it's non-surgical fracture so Mm -hmm. he should be okay when he's able to go yeah wrist injuries are wrist injuries though i will always be uncomfortable with the thought of drafting somebody with a wrist injury you know obviously it's tempting because he is a great player he's gonna hit 300 at least and he's going to hit for some power he's just a really good hitter but with the wrist problem, I don't know. Is it worth it, you know, taking into account the time he's going to miss on the DL, obviously, but then the time that it's going to take him 
to get back into his comfortable rhythm of his swing because that is normally not something that you recover from immediately and start hitting the cover off the ball because you need that mobility in the wrist probably more so than any part of your body when you swing a bat. So I'm I'm fairly concerned. I would probably stay away from him altogether in a draft, you know, unless he slips down to you know the last few rounds of your draft okay like you have to take him at that point and stash him but um yeah it sucks because he's a really good player i i was really high on him um in every other context before then um all right more injuries uh steven souza is going to miss uh about a month with a pec strain as well and he of course is going to be debuting with the diamondbacks his new team and we can use this as a jumping off point. I love jumping off points when we're talking about the news <laughs> to talk about the humidor because the humidor is it's an evil mystical word that people in the fantasy baseball universe use to scare owners about the production of their hitters. But it also yeah. makes people especially giddy about Arizona pitching, which was already really good. But then they hear the word humidor and they immediately put... Um, the entire five-man rotation in the the top twenty of their of their rankings, which <laughs> is of course an exaggeration. But seriously, what what do you have to say about the humidor? First of all, like people obviously understand that it decreases offensive production. Is there much more that you can describe about it other than other than just that fact? Um, no, not really. Uh, here's the thing. Like I said, we're not engineers. We don't know the ins and outs of the humidor and stuff, but I'm not too concerned about, say, like production from guys like Goldschmidt or, uh, like Lamb when he's hitting it. I don't know how much of an, of an effect it's going to ha- have. Um, uh, there's not the dimensions of that ballpark are okay to where it's not like, there is a lot of BS home runs going out. Mm-hmm. So um, I I don't think it's going to have too much of, of an impact. And like I said, the Arizona pitchers are already good. Um, uh, Patrick Corbin, I think, when you think of like, – you think Robbie Ray, Zach Greinke. And just – until Zach Greinke can't hit 90 in the regular season, just don't worry about what he does in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zach Greinke's uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Patrick Corbin is definitely a good option. Um, Speaking of weird Patrick Corbin news, I saw that he is going to start opening day for the Diamondbacks. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh, I did not. I did not see that. that I'm is... going to verify that now. But that was something that appropriately shocked me and everybody else because huh. there are probably four starters that I would have expected to get that start <laughs> ahead of him. Uh, one of them being Zach Ranky, who we just talked about, but. Yeah, he's yeah, he's going yeah. to be starting opening day for them. So oh, that is interesting. Who are they playing? Opening day? I wonder if it has to do with matchups or anything. They are going to play. I'm talking slowly to get a chance to <laughs> see this. We're, we're well prepared here on at beat the shift. Uh, I think they're playing the Rockies. Okay. So I so yeah whatever. I think Robbie <laughs> Ray is lined up to pitch the second game. Well, part of this is because Zach Ranky is recovering from something. Um, I think it's a growing injury that he's suffered in spring training, uh, but it's like a it's like a yeah yeah nothing. Thing. 
I don't think he will land on the DL, but it's possible. Yeah, um, I'm not worried but, about it from an yeah, injury perspective. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, what's your thoughts on on the humidor? I don't think it's gonna. Hit. I I think it's gonna be inconsequential in terms of the difference in production. So a couple things. One, I like this a lot more for the pitchers than I do count it against the hitters. So I will for say one that, yeah. thing, the humidor. I don't know if everybody knows this or if everybody kind of pretends like they understand what it is just to you know seem like they're educated and in the loop because that's kind of what i did for a long time (laughs) and then i kind of had to to look things up a little bit more but the humidor is basically just where you store game balls to add moisture to them because the dry air yeah the dry air in arizona and colorado you know makes the ball jump for whatever reason you know the there's lots of science and it's it's just thin air the ball flies better through thin air right but the ball itself also you know is in the seams and everything else the cowhide of the ball i guess um, (laughs) is is drier too it affects the ball which affects the pitchers you know and how they're able to to grip the ball so i think pitchers will be more comfortable with humidor balls and hitters the ones who can hit will already be really good hitters i don't think that the diamondbacks really had too many guys on the fringe there where they are kind of really benefiting from yeah being in a hitter friendly ballpark like that um because guys oh, like paul goldschmidt and said... aj pollock are just really good hitters jake lamb is a good yeah. hitter i've seen a lot of worry about jake lamb with the humidor but I have the, no worry. He has he really good on base skills. Yeah, he has really good <laughs> on base skills though. Overall, um, he drives the ball. He doesn't, you know, lift a lot of high fly balls. I'm not so worried about him. To yeah. be honest. So, um, uh, not too much changes. News, yeah, another bit of news concerning the Diamondbacks that I remember I saw today. Yasmani Tomas will start in AAA. Yeah. Well, their outfield is pretty crowded. They're gonna wait yeah. until. But he is AJ their highest Pollock. paid position player. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> that, um, I guess they're gonna wait until you know AJ Pollock, you know, breaks his neck for the fourth year in a row. I don't know exactly how he's gonna injure himself this year, but it's probably gonna happen. Yeah, um, Gerard Dyson, I like a lot right now, especially because Souza is going to miss some time. So yeah. right now, projecting to look like David Peralta, AJ Pollock, and Gerard Dyson in the outfield. Uh. And then beyond that's, that, that's some range in the outfield. That's some range for sure. And <laughs> you know, I would honestly say you have to draft Gerard Dyson in this case because you know you'll be getting stolen bases for at least a month here. And then when Souza comes back, then things get complicated with how much playing time he gets. He still has some marginal value anyway. But at least you know that for one month you will be getting Gerard Dyson speed in your lineup. Yeah, and that is a premium. So I would actually go ahead and say draft draw Dyson. I'm gonna go ahead and do that in my own fantasy leagues. I, you know, I don't have him ranked right now. I Not don't if think. I get him first. Oh, fair enough. But I don't think I have him ranked in my <laughs> roto rankings as of right now. But I need to put him there if that's the case. I don't have a lot of fourth outfielders in my my roto top 300 because you know they're fourth outfielders. Yeah. Um, I'm checking really quick to see if I did actually rank him. But it doesn't look like it. So either way, he is a good value because you know what you're getting for at least a short amount of time. Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to keep going here, talking news. We're finally going to get out of the NL West, um, finally. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Brewers because, well, for one, they have an extremely crowded everything except for pitching. They Their outfield is filled to the brim. So Ryan Braun will be playing first base against lefties to start the year. And I believe we'll start opening day. Um, let me check who they're playing. I believe they're playing. I have no idea, actually. Um, but I'm going to check. That's the beauty of the internet, is I can check right now. Uh, they're playing the Cardinals on opening day, I believe. Is that right, or am I wrong? Uh, let me double check that. I might be wrong. Uh, <laughs> that might be their home opening day. Why, why is this not a thing that I can check easily? Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Ryan Braun before we completely forget what we're talking about. Um, he has been very underrated up, um, in drafts so They play far. the Padres in San Diego. The Padres. So I think he is going to get the start on that day against Clayton Richard, right? Is that their best starter? Yeah. Yeah. Clayton That's... Richard is the opening day starter for the Padres. Ryan uh-huh. Braun will start at first base. That is the plan, and I don't think that will change. So, you should be drafting Ryan Braun, is the point, because I have not seen a lot of love for Braun. In a draft that we just did, I think he went round 15, which is way yeah, later than you'd late. ever expect Braun to go. Um, he's not a particularly healthy fellow, but he does still hit the ball really hard, hits the ball out of the ballpark quite a bit, and he'll still swipe a few bases for you because that's always part of his game. He is a nice all-around contributor. Last year, he broke 10 stolen bases again. He stole 12 bases. He's broken 10 stolen bases every year since 2014. So, And then before that, obviously, he was a much different player, and he was stealing 30 bases, but still manages to swipe some bags for you. And, you know, the homers, obviously, he's still got it um, when, he, when he is healthy. Health is the biggest factor. But if he's playing first base instead of the outfield, I like that a little bit better. And I do think and he's going to get his at bats. I think, yeah, I think he's going to get his at bats wherever, whatever the Brewers are doing, because they have too many players. But they also have to play Ryan Braun because he's good. And yeah. Eric Thames will probably platoon at first base with him. I imagine Domingo Santana might lose playing time every now and then if they move Braun to the outfield on certain days um, and have Thames at first base, um, which is okay. Domingo Santana is really good also, so it's unfortunate that he is likely to miss some time. Um, but it could be worse, you know. And I can't imagine guys like Brett Phillips or uh, Hernan Perez will get playing time at all. I don't actually know how their final roster is shaking out uh, all across the board there. So the Brewers are a team to keep your eye on for sure. If any Brewers go down with injury, I will say, there are pretty good opportunities for the replacements coming in there because they are a really deep team. So that's something else too. Um, something that the Yankees could use right now is some first base depth, and they do not have it right now because Greg Bird is dealing with the annual end-of-spring-training foot issues that he has every year, it seems. Greg Bird, we want you to stay healthy. Please, just 
do it for a little while so we see what we got for an extended period of time and not just in the playoffs. Although I, I was not complaining about what he did in the playoffs last year. I don't want to draft Greg Bird. Is that wrong to say? <laughs> because for one, first base is such a deep position. And Greg Bird is a good first baseman, but with that injury risk, you know, it could linger. It could affect his performance if he does try to play through it. He could just miss a ton of time with some, you know, minor thing that he just can't seem to get right. Um, because that's kind of what happened last year. And he's, you know, we've seen it before. Are you interested in drafting Greg Bird at any point? I mean, no, because every time he's like, oh, he's always looked good when he's played. And then he has this lingering foot issue that is not a good thing to hear from because to hear consistently out of a hitter mm-hmm. uh, or any player for that, of a foot issue. And it's, like you said, I mean, maybe if, if nobody else stays, if everybody else stays away from him and you put him on your bench or late, but he's not a stash guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he. I don't think he's a DL stash. He, I have him ranked right now. This was before even knowing of the injury. I had him ranked as the 21st uh, overall first baseman, and that is just behind Miguel Cabrera and just ahead of Chris Davis with a C, and he's definitely moving down. I may, maybe even had him ranked too high to begin with. Like I had him ahead of Trey Mancini. I definitely want Trey Mancini ahead of him. I'd rather have Justin Bohr, even though he's on a less-than-ideal offensive team. Um, I might even take guys like Josh Bell and Yonder Alonso ahead of him. Oh, I definitely will at this point, I think. so. Yeah. Um, you know, that pushes him down into the deep 20s in terms of a ranking, so th- there's no place to draft him there. Um, one guy who I'll, I will mention just because of the amazing spring he had is Dan Vogelbach, who is the spring... I th- I believe the tally is in now, right? Are there, there are no more spring training games? Or are there? Is there one more day? Or one or two uh, more there's days? There's two more days. Okay, yeah, but Dan Vogelbach is... You know, he won spring training. He had a 400 batting average and just hit the whole time. He had a slugging percentage of 900. Yes, you heard that right. A 1431 OPS. I love spring training numbers so much. And <laughs> looks like he is going to play first base for the Mariners. And huh. they have Ryan Healy, who, you know, to be fair, is not a fantastic player, but a serviceable hitter. But it looks like a prime platoon situation there. Although if Healy does have problems for whatever reason you know he's been kind of dealing with ailments throughout spring training in terms of injuries so i think he'll be back for opening day but i like dan vogelbach because if they just keep this rolling ryan healy is going to have trouble finding time to play um so yeah even if you are getting vogelbach only for production against right-handed pitching if that production is anything like We've seen, or this is not just out of the blue either. He was a really good hitting prospect. He didn't have a great year last year, um, but you know it is not unprecedented for him to do this kind of thing. You know, I am looking at him with you know a serious contention because April numbers matter, and I will draft guys that look 
like they are poised to have a really good month of April and then kind of work from there, especially late in the draft, you know, when you have to fill some spots. So that's my little piece on Vogelbach. So back to your reg- regularly scheduled programming now. Uh, I think that's all the news that we have, pretty much. I mean, there's a yeah. lot more things that have happened, obviously, but we can't talk about everything. I was exaggerating at that point. So we're going to answer a couple questions that we did get. Um, one of which was from, or the first one here that we'll answer, was from Reddit. I you know, posted there and asked people to ask their questions. So this question from Cheese Stakers, that's a good name, is how will Aaron Judge's value change if he hits leadoff for the Yankees? So there has been talk about him hitting leadoff, or at least against lefties, um, because he is obviously one of the best on-base players in the game. He is not your prototypical leadoff hitter, obviously, but how does his value change? What are you looking at in terms of production that really changes? Do you like him more or worse? Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about that. I don't because he is probably a few more bats um, than if he was hitting third or fourth. But um, he was a top of lineup, top to middle lineup guy. Anyways, Um, maybe he gets more pitches in the zone. uh, Doesn't get get walked as much being a leadoff guy. But I don't know why pitchers would do that just because he's batting leadoff. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't. Aaron Judge is going to be Aaron Judge. Um, hitting the lineup is just a, is a matter of uh, number of at-bats. Yeah. And I, it would definitely decrease RBI production a little bit. I mean, yeah. he drove himself in 52 times last year, so he's not going to you know, completely miss out on RBIs. He still could get to 100 from the leadoff spot. It's, it's definitely something that leadoff hitters are capable of nowadays. But this dude scored 128 runs last year. If he moves up to the leadoff spot ahead of Giancarlo Stanton, I uh, would not be surprised if he somehow pushed you know, 150 runs by the end of the season, if that were the case, and he remains up in the leadoff spot, continuing to do what he does. So that excites me, because runs scored are a really good thing to get as well. So, yeah, like you said, in terms of pitch selection too, you might get more pitches to hit, which is better for leagues that don't use on base, because, you know, more of that will be him mashing the ball and not drawing walks, which don't really help in um, in standard category leagues directly. So, yeah, that's that's our take there on Aaron Judge. Um, yeah, so next question is a little bit more of a vague question, and it's also the only other question we have. We, we do not have a lot of questions. <laughs> I should, before you expect to sit down for a long segment of answering questions. Um, this question is who would you draft to make the ultimate dinger squad? So, no explanation needed. Who are you taking? Who are you taking first overall in the in the ultimate dinger squad fantasy league? I think you had to take John Carlos Stanton. Mm-hmm. I think that's a safe bet. I mean, he had almost sixty home runs at, at playing eighty-one games at Marlins Park. Now you put him in the BS confines of. Yankee Stadium. Yeah. That is absolutely ridiculous. I can't, I don't think you can go wrong with Stanton there. Second, you still probably have to take Aaron Judge just because the power is unreal. 
Um, yeah. And then third, get, getting down beyond that can get a little bit tricky, maybe. I don't know. You could go Nolan Arenado right away because Coors Field mm-hmm. bumps those numbers a little bit. You could go with Cody Bellinger if you buy into the rate of at which he hits home runs. I don't I don't know who, who the ultimate dinger squad. I think, I think Bryce Harper could be a good one, contract year. He could be. He could be. He'd definitely run it up there. I don't I don't I would take either Chris Davis much higher, obviously, and if you just uh-huh. want the dingers. Um both of them could easily push forty, get to get around fifty. Um Matt Olson, if he yeah. if you believe in that reese hoskins all the guys that just hit a ton of bombs last year um i don't now i'm trying to get a little more creative with it i'm trying to think of players who have not you know had a year where they've really pushed 40 homers that could do it um that's a little bit tougher to do um i could you know honestly it's kind of an out there thing but i think uh andrew benintendi could push that a little bit because Mm -hmm. last year was his rookie year and he looked, you know, really good all around. Just a complete player. I think he hit over 20 homers last year, correct? He was a 2020 player, I want to say. Maybe he came up just shy in either stolen bases or homers. But, no, he hit 22 homers, I think. No, he had 20 homers and stole 20 bases, exactly. So, I, was, I nailed it right on the head. Um, but I think he has room to grow, even. That was his first full year in the bigs. So you could you could just start hitting home runs for days. Um, I don't know who else who else do I like with big power? Dan Vogelbach, I mentioned him already. Um, <laughs> Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is always always hits. You can always pencil him in for forty, like thirty eight to forty homers. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mike Trout. Do I have to say Mike Trout? Even is that something that I have to say still? Um, I don't think Mike Trout is as is as high in a dingers only draft but mm-hmm. i could maybe miguel cabrera decides that yeah at, at his age that he wants to try to just you know change that swing up a little bit because he can and just hit as many balls out of the park you know get those numbers up while he's still got legs underneath him and that could be another interesting one there's a lot of first baseman obviously um, yeah yeah so that's that's our that's our answer there for the ultimate dinger squad hopefully that helps you out um we'll finish off by talking a little bit about some more sleepers that we you know will suggest for everybody that still needs to draft or looking on the waiver wire for some somebody to fill in um so on twitter when we asked this question brian robitai from dodgers nation um shared with us a few of his own sleepers for fantasy baseball I'll go ahead and list them off, I guess. He listed one for each position, more or less. So he mentioned Jonathan Lucroy, Greg Bird, who we've already talked about and completely shot out of the, the sky. Yeah, this was uh, this reply was left before the Greg Bird news All came right. out. Yeah, we, we will... I guess that's a fair thing to say. Scooter Jeanette, I like him. Get him for the All-Dinger squad. Um, Travis Shaw, also underrated. Uh, Paul DeYoung, Mitch Hanniger, Aaron Sanchez, and Shane Green. So some of those are a little more sleepery than others. I don't think Paul DeYoung is a sleeper in any context. I mean, what he did last year was really impressive. I think most people buy into that. The Cardinals did buy into it. They extended him. So he will get playing time at shortstop regularly. I think he's pretty safe. Um, Travis Shaw is also a really safe guy. Don't know if he's a sleeper. Um, 
Scooter I think G- Travis Shaw is just a guy that a lot of people <laughs> yeah. kind of for like like oh yeah he's he's good. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that a lot of these guys don't qualify as sleepers. So um, I'm just gonna preface this by saying that Mitch Haniger is definitely a sleeper. I think um, he could do what he did last year early in the year again for a slightly longer amount of time. I imagine so that'd be nice. Um, we were, can you remember exactly how high everybody was on Mitch Haniger? I'll go ahead and remind you that it was incredibly high. Oh, it was ridiculous. I remember talking about him at the beginning of the year Yeah, uh, and then he got hurt. It wasn't, it wasn't Ronald. We, yeah. It wasn't Ronald we, Acuna high, but, but then we didn't talk about him for the rest of the year after he had his DL stint. Well, he didn't give us anything to talk about with him. So it's not <laughs> our problem. Um, yeah. Uh, Scooter Jeanette. I like him a lot. I think same ballpark, same, same scooter. You'll, He'll continue to swing it. Um, Aaron Sanchez, yeah. I have him ranked very well. I don't, I don't think he's too much of a sleeper either. He can have a very good year if he pees on his hands and keeps blisters off of them. And then Shane Green is the closer for the Tigers. I don't have him ranked very well, but if you like your closers who will not give you any numbers other than saves, then sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, there's some other yeah, guys so he, in there that I can mention. So- so do you want to do a position by position breakdown? Just um, mention the guy. How yeah? How about we each go, rap, sort of rapid fire. Yeah. To each position and give one guy who we think is a sleeper, and make it make it a good sleeper. Make it a somewhat deep sleeper that you know we're not that probably won't be drafted in most you know standard ten team leagues. Let's say. Uh huh. Okay. Go ahead and start. Let's start with starting pitchers. You have one for us. Starting pitchers. Uh, I was preparing for catcher. Okay. <laughs> I was starting going, pitchers. <laughs> I, was going, I was. I was going um off of Brian's list, but uh, I think um, I might just be partial to this guy because of his last name. But Marco Estrada, um, I've okay. kind of read read places. He had his highest strikeout year last year, even though his ERA wasn't very good. He is a, he's a high fly ball pitcher, which isn't good in Toronto, but um he had decent numbers uh he had these decent peripheral numbers last year um so if he can kind of uh reel some of the era stuff in then i think uh he can be definitely a solid pitcher mm. yeah i mean is he your is he your cousin do you like tell you no. to say this okay i'm just wondering no full disclosure here um my sleeper is I, I think he, this is a, a fair sleeper i would say brad peacock because he's not projected to start year in the rotation with the astros and i think he will get plenty of starts for houston just in terms of how they manage their starting rotation workload and pitchers get injured use more than five pitchers every year as a major league team so i think brad peacock will still get a lot of starts and strike out a lot of batters like he did last year so yeah i think you can definitely see the astros doing a dodgers type uh strategy and going 10 day dl all hail the 10 day dl thank god (laughs) <laughs> um, it's my favorite part of baseball. Uh, relief pitchers, go. Relief pitchers. Um, um, Shane Green is a good one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> is is Shane Green yours also? Um, what? Uh, shoot, you go. Uh, I can throw you Mike Miner out there, who is talked mm-hmm. about is an experimental starter. I think he will be pitching out of the bullpen, and Texas doesn't have a real closer alex claudio is the guy who got some saves at the end of last season i think mike Miner's better than alex claudio do a little bit of math you know 
minor greater than Claudio equals mm-hmm. more saves for minor. That's my formula. I don't know if that made any sense. Um, oh, I, I, he's I one. Of them. Um, for, from the Dodgers, uh, Scott Alexander. Uh, they got him in that trade with uh, Kansas City and Chicago and the White Sox. Is he going to get any saves? <laughs> Let's just hear that first. No, he's not going to get any saves. Is he going to uh, get a lot of strikeouts? Yeah. Is he's he? Hard, okay. Hard, I thought he was. A, I thought hard, he was an extreme ground baller. Is what I've read I about him. But I think he's a hard throwing lefty. I thought he was. He got a Britain esque ground ball rate. Is what I've. What I've heard the comps to. So I don't. I, I don't know exactly. He's like, he's like Britain, but strikes more guys. All out. right. Fair enough. Um, I also absolutely love AJ Minter on the Braves because he's. He's really good, and they have this guy, you know, ahead of him. Um, so anything can happen there. Um, catcher, catcher. Uh, I had a oh uh, Tucker Barnhart on the Reds, uh, Gold Glove winner. I like that season. one. I like that and, one. And uh, he can he can rake. He can yeah, rake. He had a good year, underrated year. Yeah. Uh, I will go ahead and say Alex Avila, who is going to be in. Oh no, the Humidor Park. But no, he's he's really good. <laughs> he was he had an unreal season in terms of batted ball rate in his yeah. contact percentage. So if he keeps that up to any extent, he's a veteran disciplined hitter in yeah in a situation to catch a lot so there you go yeah uh first I, I, base i wonder if he's going to be a true starting catcher with jeff mathis there um because uh, they do like <laughs> mathis to not not saying mathis will probably like... catch granky i come on it's jeff mathis alex avila is going to hit all the time so first base first base um should have prepared <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! We're trying to go rapid fire. Let's go rapid fire the rest of this, yeah. Uh, I just I just need to see a list of names to think of. I have a list of names in front of me. <laughs> I'm gonna go to that list. I, did uh, I share this with you? Okay. Different list. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just looking at your list. I thought that's what you were saying. I know, but uh, mine, mine is by position too, so that's helpful. Okay. Because I'm just, uh, yeah. Sleeper, sleeper, just because he's popping up right now. Uh, Lucas Duda, I think okay. he can hit, and Kansas City's not going to be very good, but that doesn't mean he's not going to hit. I like that one. Um, I will go ahead and say he's kind of an outfielder slash first baseman, but I'll say Jose Martinez on the Cardinals, who has gotten a lot of buzz. Um, but doesn't have a clear place to play. I think he will get his at-bats and hit plenty at the same rate that he did last year because he was probably like the equivalent of the sixth man of the year in the MLB last year. So I think he can do it again, find his way into even more at-bats. Um, so yeah, uh, second base. Second base. Um, Jesus, why did I... <laughs> ah! <laughs> um... I, you go. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go and say Colton Wong, who doesn't mm. necessarily have a job locked down because Matt Carpenter is there too and he can play second base. And Wong isn't a great hitter, but Wong is going to steal a lot of bases. He has said explicitly that his goal is to steal more bases, so I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine, I I don't know. Would you call Ian Kinsler a sleeper? Um, no, but he is underrated, okay. so I'll give you yeah. that. I think the rest yeah. of the way we will alternate. So you prepare a third base one while I tell my shortstop sleeper. Okay. Um, my shortstop sleeper, who I had, is Ahmed Rosario of the Mets, who is mm-hmm. really talented. Um, stolen bases again late in the draft that are available. 
and he's a really good just like bat to ball guy he hit like 340 in the minors um mm-hmm. and even ranged it up there close to 400 you know he was he was really good so i think he can not hit 400 in the big leagues but get somewhere close and steal like 20 bases maybe yeah um third base who you got i didn't give you my source stuff no no no. i said we're just gonna alternate here like going oh okay i thought okay um dang it i was looking at a shortstop ah (laughs) instruction is not clear who who do you got just just say anybody um there's a name here matt davidson okay was he okay yeah he's he had a good year last year i think he's i was looking at the bottom of your list that's why well okay then (laughs) um i'm trying who is your shortstop just curiosity my shortstop was um now i forgot who it was uh, uh tim beckham with the orioles okay yeah, very good he could carry it over with the sure. orioles mm-hmm. yeah um my outfield sleeper i will go with is malik smith i just love stolen bases late in the rounds mm-hmm. and he will steal a lot of bases that is all <laughs> um anybody else you say say one last sleeper for us here i don't think cole calhoun's a sleeper but he seems underrated in my he opinion. is underrated he you know he's boring but he puts stats up every year like in last year was a down year so i think yeah. he'll bounce back to a reasonable extent all right that is well, gonna do it a, yeah 10, 10 feet less of wall so oh that is a good point too i like i like that you found a way to work that in actually good job great great yeah. jumping off point there i liked that one this was a great jumping off episode um and we are going to jump off this podcast now it is about that time to wrap up the first episode of our fantasy baseball podcast i believe that is probably about the 15th time that we've said fantasy um in the show and that's a very conservative estimate so thank you for everybody that stuck around and you know listen to the whole thing we'd love to hear your questions as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast so twitter at beat the shift bp do it there don't hesitate ask the questions and of course check out our website beattheshiftbaseball.com and check out the fantasy tab because that's new and it's shiny and it has lots of good information there um yeah so that's all of course get in touch with us on social media all the links are below and i think i said everything that i wanted to say uh so thanks again we'll be back probably next week thursday is what i'm going to throw out there as the likely date for yeah episode two of this podcast be on the lookout for our season preview podcast for our main show coming out later this week so yeah that is a good place there i forgot to play the outro music so unprofessional of me but nevertheless that <laughs> is the the end of our podcast thank you everybody once again as always ray peace <laughs>